Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka MFKS Radio, on the airwave style at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who are feeling out of touch. The Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. Yay! Yeah! <laughs> Hello! Hello! It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. I don't know when we're posting this. Who knows? It might be Wednesday. Maybe I'll just wait till Sunday. I don't know. Whenever you have the time, to be honest. So we have both have a microphone now. We do. Which is great. Because it should probably fix some of the, like, sound quality stuff. Mm-hmm. But and sometimes also... on the phone there's a delay as well. Yes. But it also is going to mean that... I gotta figure out how the fuck to put these tracks together. So, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen? This one could just be for us and it will be lost to the wind. It's true. Maybe we'll just, like, hype one of our better ones. <laughs> just repost it? Yeah. I'm like, what? No, we never played this before. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um. They're not exactly... You know, time sensitive at all. We don't talk about current events 99% of the time. No, not at all. We've never <laughs> ever done that before, ever in our lives. Speaking of, let's talk about current events. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> so this morning the Oscar uh, nominations were announced. Yep. And uh, we do like to talk about film on the podcast, so I think it's important to talk about, but as you and I... Realized we haven't seen many of these films. No. So you came up with a good idea. Yeah, and I think that because we haven't seen many of these films, it's a twofold problem. One, who has the time? <laughs> totes, totes. But the other thing is, like, I get it that, like, film is an art form, and I like to teach film as an art form and whatever, but sometimes the films that, like, get nominated for stuff, I'm just like... Really? Mm -hmm. That? And that's kind of... Are you talking about Crash? Oh, I don't. I can't. No. Because I'm still mad. And that's (laughs) been like however many years. Um, Was that the same years Brokeback? Yep. Yeah, that's fucked up. Okay. Continue on. So here's what I thought would be fun. To take the movies that we have not seen and see if we could figure out what they're about. Just based on the title and not knowing anything about them. Yes, so if we're looking at Best Picture, which I think we're going to start with, I've seen one, two, three of those. Me as well, and I think we've seen the same ones. You've seen the same ones. Okay, (laughs) perfect. However, I do know... I do do know what Bohemian Rhapsody is I kind of have a feel for what they're about. Yeah, like, so do you, do we, how specific do we want to go? I think the Bohemian Rhapsody, I think we just leave that one off. Okay, because it's a bit too obvious it's a biopic. Yeah, so let's just not. Okay. Um, so we're just going to look at the titles and the names of the producers, ultimately, and see mm-hmm. if we can figure out what the movies are about. I was surprised that Jordan Peele was a producer on Black Clansman. I didn't know that. I feel like I read that somewhere, but had forgotten until I saw it again today. Dude's fucking crushing it, man. Mm-hmm. Dude's fucking crushing it okay so the first one i'm gonna turn this one over to you the favorite the favorite okay so this one i have wanted to see 
desperately because I love a period piece. Oh my god, do I love a period piece as much as I love a book about a house with secrets. (laughs) And I know it's about a certain English queen. I know that um, there is a storyline perhaps of a lesbian relationship. Okay. And the queen has a young upstart love interest, I think played by what's her nuts? <laughs> you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know, from the thing. Yeah. From the thing with the, the thing. Person with the one with the face and the hair? The face and the hair are so important. Gotcha. We cannot understate how important the face and the hair are. Gotcha. And um I'm gonna say shenanigans ensue. Okay. What you take a stab at it? Hit me uh, with it. Well, I was gonna say that the favorite was about the introduction of like prop bets in sports betting, like especially in the NHL, and mm. that it was gonna be a movie about like I don't know Johnny Goudreau winning <laughs> the Hart Trophy this season over Connor McDavid. Okay, excellent. So it'll be like a little, you know, not quite a biopic, but like, because it'll just be about like this particular, um, the last like 18 months maybe. Right. And it's all speculative because of course the, the NHL awards haven't happened yet for this season. So that was my thought. Okay. So I'm just really going to be the straight man here. (laughs) No, (laughs) honestly, like I just turned on the hockey game. So I was like, I'm going to be an (laughs) asshole for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's go. Okay, the next one is Green Book. So I know a little bit about what it's about, but only from because like the people who are involved with with it are like, no, we did the uh, we made a great movie, and the family of their uh, protagonist is like, mm, no, you didn't. <laughs> so, um, so instead, I think what I'm gonna say because I just feel I don't know, um, I kind of want to see it because I have always really liked Viggo Mortensen. mm Hmm. Uh, and I like Mahershala Ali as well. Oh, love him. So what I really was hoping that it would be when I saw that the two of them were going to be in a movie together was just like a buddy cop film, which I just think would be just absolutely unbelievable. See, this is what True Detective season three should have been. Oh, can you imagine? That's what it should have been. But can you just imagine like Vigo is like the sort of old grizzled like vet? A hundred percent. And he's just, oh. he's just seen it all. Did you hear that they're doing a um, sequel to uh, Eastern Promises? Are they really? Yeah. Now, the real question is, will there be a sequel to that particular scene? (laughs) Oh, God. I don't know if Vigo's Wang can take that again. I don't know either. (laughs) We can always find out, I suppose. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were going to say we can always hope. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wasn't going to be quite that transparent about it. Uh, so it says... Oh, no. He just says it's done. What? Oh, but that was four years ago. Oh. I swear I read an article that had Vigo talking about how they were hopefully going to shoot this fall. Oh, cool. So, but anyway, do you know anything about Green Book? I know that um, Herschelat plays, like, a famous musician. And uh, Vigo's his driver. Yes. And... 
I'm going to say conflict ensues because obviously they're mixed race, and based on what their clothing looks like, I'd say it's in the 50s. Yeah. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know much else about it. I just realized that Roma is one of them, and I'd really... Can I go first on this one? Sure. So Roma is a Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. And I started watching the first, like, four minutes of it, and I was like, no, I'm not in the headspace for this. Um, but what I imagine... Oh, really? It, well, no, I just was... I don't know. I ended up watching, like, probably Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, what I imagine it is, though, is about a tomato farmer... <laughs> who's trying to craft, like, the best sort of hybrid tomato mm-hmm. so that he can win a competition. Mm-hmm. And there's, like... Some kind, there has to be some kind of like, I don't know, some sort of conflict with like a neighboring farmer and oh, who's who's growing tobacco, and they end up making tobacco by accident. Ow, my dog just bit me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know you really wanted to on something, and my knee was right there. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's tobacco, or maybe the conflict ensues with like a rival tomato farmer who's like. I don't know, somehow figured out a way to, like, cut the water supply off so that they can't have, they can't properly, um, feed their crop. Ooh, and then they have sex. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. I didn't get that far. Is, this is my guess. My guess is that it's a uh, modern allegory of the rise and fall of Rome Oh, using a single woman and her child. You're so much better at this than I am. <laughs> I'm sure that's bullshit, though. I got no idea. I literally don't know either. Like, I feel like A Star is Born, which is the next one. I wish, I know it's not because it's a remake and whatever, but I just wish it was about, like, the birth of a star. <laughs> From An like the perspective of the birth of a star, of the star. <laughs> so you start off with a black screen, and then all of a sudden, it like bursts. Like there's just like a burst of light, and it's directed by Terrence Malick. So it's just oh, this like boo, big, these big like sweeping orchestral numbers, and like nine words of dialogue in a two and a half hour film. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, isn't that just like? Kurt Russell's character in Guardians 2. Kind of a little bit. It's also basically the tree of life, so. Okay. I, that's a joke that whew, went right over Have you head. never seen that movie? No. Oh, it's beautiful. I don't like his art. I really don't. I'm not a big fan of it either, but that one's really quite beautiful. And it's got a phenomenal score. And there's this really interesting, like, formation scene in about 25 minutes in or so maybe 30 minutes in and it's like the creation of the universe he's weird man and and it's all done with like practical effects and not digital effects which i think is super cool oh really so it's very it's very beautiful yes interesting but like i would pay money to go watch my version of a star is born oh 100 percent. i don't know anything about it people say it's about suicide who commits suicide? Is it the Coops or is it Gaga? Well, it's clearly not Bradley Cooper's career. No. Because everybody thinks wow. that he's like... <laughs> well, I'm just... I'm not a... I know... Are you an entertainment writer? Like, wow. 
know what I should do. I'm I'm just not a fan of Bradley Cooper. Really? Yeah. I'm very like hot and cold on him. He he's uh, he's got a face you'd like to punch for sure. Oh, for Nothing sure, absolutely. Um, the next film that I haven't seen is Melissa McCarthy and um, Richard Jenkins. I believe not Richard Jenkins. Um, Richard E. Grant. We're both nominated for this film. Can you ever forgive me? Interesting. Now, Melissa looks very dowdy in this one, as she usually does. Yeah. Because they just love to play her dowdy, even though she's, like, the biggest personality that's ever lived. Yeah. So, would you like to take a stab at that one? Can You Ever Forgive Me is a sequel to the movie Spy. (laughs) And she has given up a secret that she wasn't supposed to give up. And she spends two hours trying to make amends for fucking up. Now, is Jason Statham in this? No, because her giving up whatever secret got him killed. Okay. So it's a little bit more serious. So is McCarthy saying, can you ever forgive me for the movie Spy? Yes. Because hot take, it was bad? Um, it wasn't terrible. There are funny moments. But. Yeah. Okay, my take is. She. Was. In a car accident. And the unfortunate thing is that she. Uh, Richard E. Grant plays her like uncle and she hit him with her car okay and he broke every single major bone in his body oh shit and so he has to live forever in one of those like old timey uh, limb casts (laughs) where you're just like a fucking Lego horse yeah okay And is her just really trying to make amends for that. Interesting. Okay. There's a movie um, that Willem Dafoe was nominated for. Mm -hmm. For Best Actor called At Eternity's Gate. And I think that it's about... It's like a dramatic version of The Good Place. (laughs) Except that before... He just never gets to the good place. He's just waiting at the gate. He's like in the waiting room of heaven for two hours. So it's just like a before sunset? Kind of, yeah. On a conversational movie, nothing really happens. People just talk. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I support that. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say it's he plays the devil. Okay. And he is attempting to overthrow, I was going to say Jesus. He's not going to overthrow Jesus. I, I know fuck all about Christianity. Who do you overthrow? God? Maybe. I don't know. He just has that face where it's like, you know what? You probably belong in some white person's version of the white Middle East. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with that. That That's as far as I've gotten on my spec script. That that sounds about right. 
<laughs> Trinity's game. Glenn Close is nominated for something called The Wife. Yeah, I need you to take a stab at that one because I read the book, so. Oh. Um. Well, it's pretty obvious. She's the wife of something powerful or someone powerful and she saw something bad and now she has to deal with the shit. How'd I do? Um, well, she's a wife. Mm-hmm. She's absolutely a wife. Um, she's, if I remember correctly, he wins, like, the Nobel Prize for literature and she goes with him um to his like to the ceremony mm-hmm. and she basically like questions all of the decisions that she has made that have led her to that point oh so she's like re- yeah she's like questioning her, her her whole life her life choices ultimately this isn't like a big eyes situation where like he stole her talent or anything like that no no no. Um, Ouch. Well, not quite. Uh, not quite. Kind of. Okay, do you n- take a stab at oops, screenplay? Yep. First Reformed. Well, the picture that I'm looking at here, I've got the Hollywood Reporter website open, and it's got Ethan Hawke in like a uh, frock. So I'm assuming that it's about a church. Um... But I would like it to be a comedy about a church. Because, like, it's probably actually about some kind of, like, terrible scandal. Right. Um, and you're just... Ugh, it's exhausting. Yeah, like, the world is just going to hell in a fucking handbasket. Like, can't we just have something fun and lighthearted about, like, you know, a priest who, like, loses his collar on the way to mass or something, you know? <laughs> you know, a lighthearted... Yeah. Zero Exactly, because would you like Wrong. to know what the summary is for this movie? Oh no. It's, oh no. It says the pastor of a small church in upstate New York spirals out of control after a soul shaking encounter with an unstable environmental activist and his pregnant wife. That sounds bizarre. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. I mean, it's probably... Uh, I mean, what's his face? Ethan Hawke is a very good actor, so I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure... Well, it got nominated for Best Original Screenplay, so... That doesn't mean anything. Yeah, fucking... Didn't, um... Borat get nominated for Best Original Screenplay? I think it might have. Uh, uh, Next one is another Netflix one, I think. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah, that's like a bluegrass movie that I will probably watch someday. Really? I see it's got Tim Blake Nelson in it, and I'm already, like, hard pass. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I just can't stand with that, um, like, southern yokel, Cletus the Slackjawed yokel situation right. in film. It not, like, nothing compels interest in me. Yeah, it got so 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, and it's also the Coen brothers, and I'm just, like, not into their... I was... Yeah. I don't know. It says here, though, it's an anthology film. So there's, like, it's six parts. Oh, so it's not all Tim Blake Nelson? I don't know. Just... He's not even top-billed. 
give him a picture on the website. No, I know, but like, hang on here. Just, hang on. So there's there's six films. There's one called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Then there's one called uh, Near Algodones, Meal Ticket, All Gold Canyon, The Gal Who Got Rattled, uh, The Mortal Remains. So there's six. <laughs> the Gal Who Got Rattled? Yeah. So it's not <laughs> all It's like him. a 1920s, like pulp novel the gal who got rattled yeah no there's like six it's like almost like six short films in this film interesting that's interesting and it must be a full 90 to be able to qualify for it's 133 minutes yeah wow interesting weird weird interesting best makeup and hairstyling has a film called border um, and the picture on the Hollywood Reporter's thing is very scary. Ouch! <laughs> <laughs> I was gone twice today, so he's, like, very upset with me. Um, yeah, I don't know about that movie called Border. I don't even have... Aren't you on the Hollywood Reporter thing? Yeah, but I, I don't have, like, an idea. Like, it's not giving me anything from mm-hmm. it. Like, it doesn't... It looks like it's probably something a little bit scary. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does look very scary. Yeah. It's got like an androgynous kind of figure looking at their own reflection. Ooh. Okay, let's just pass by it. I can't look at it anymore. Okay. Um, I don't see any other ones we haven't talked about yet. Um, I saw one a little bit further down. First formed, adapted screenplay, makeup. Um... I was gonna be a real dick and be like, "What's Mary Poppins about?" Uh, there's a movie called the called Cold War. Oh yeah, that dude got nominated for director too, didn't he? Yeah, and I feel like it's probably a movie set during the Cold War, or it's mm. about the dissolution of a marriage. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Or <laughs> it's a metaphor for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for a relationship going tits up. Going south. Do we know who starred in the Cold War? No. No? Nobody? No. Black and white Polish drama. Huh. Um, I was looking at the best animated feature, and I've seen zero of those movies. But based on everything... Oh, I've seen a few. But based on everything that I've heard, I feel like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse should win, like, hands down. Where is that? Yeah. Uh, I've seen Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Isle of Dogs, though, was fucking hilarious. Yeah, but it's Wes Anderson, so it can't be good. I know. But he's just... He, yeah, I know what you mean. It's... Like, he's just got such a particular style that, like... Yeah. And it's so recognizable, and you really have to... Like, you have to love it in order to... And I do. I love that tone. But the thing about him, and that I think is almost his... The way in which people feel easily um, okay with kind of brushing him to the side is that nothing he does is really that different. No, like it's all the same thing over it's and over. It's all kind of very formulaic. And it's got the same tone and it's got the same whimsy to it. Mm-hmm. He's easily recognizable. Yes, very much so. But of the three that I've seen, I really hope Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse wins, because it was fucking fantastic. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing. I haven't seen it yet, but that's what I keep hearing. 
is that it's really good. Yeah, it really was. I really enjoyed it. So when I do watch Roma and it's not about a tomato farmer, I'm going to be real pissed. Or when I watch it and it's not about the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. Yeah. Such a bummer. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Did you see First Man? I haven't. I want, kind of wanted to, but then I never got oh. around to it. Okay, never mind then. Like, I just... It's, it's one of those films that... I think people really liked, but then it got, like, relegated to all the technical awards. Yeah. Which is really interesting because, like, I was just kind of looking there at some of those technical awards, and, like, there's not even, like, like, A Quiet Place is in there for sound mixing. It should be in there for screenplay, honestly. Um. Or production design. But, like, I just, I always wonder when they do, like, film awards and stuff, like, how, how people decide on things, you know? How do they decide one is... Yeah, well, like... Because the, the awards are titled Achievement In. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, Kyle so Chandler is in First Man? How the fuck have I not watched that movie he yet? He is! Jesus. How did I he not know that? absolutely is. Yeah, that's, like, going on the list. He's a pretty big player, too. Cool, cool. I had no idea. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in on that for sure. Um, well, yeah, I did. I guess achievement in whatever is different than best. Best of, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's why, like, some of the choices kind of seem out of left field, but you have to look at them in the <coughs> context of, like, for best actress, yeah. maybe Melissa McCarthy is, like, fucking illuminating in that film. Yeah, absolutely. And so for her, it's an incredible achievement in a leading actor role, right? Like, right. It's it's a weird kind of fundamental uh, change of mindset, I think, that people don't think about with these awards. Yeah, because we always refer to them as, like, the best, right? Best director, yeah. best, whatever, and that's not quite accurate. Um, I'm curious to know, now to know about this Melissa McCarthy movie. I know. Um... Oh, I have heard about this. Have you? Yes. Yes, so I it's about um it's based on a memoir by an author named Lee Israel, Leonor Israel, and she wrote so it's a mem based on a memoir of the same name. Uh, starring Melissa McCarthy as the author and follows her as she tries to revitalize her failing career by forging letters from deceased authors and playwrights. I've totally heard of it. What? That's yes. what it's about? Yes. Never in my million dreams would I have said that. No, I, yeah, I... I, uh... Yeah, I did hear about this. I saw, maybe I saw a trailer for it. I feel like maybe that's what it, because now I've, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've, I've definitely been exposed to this before. So maybe that'll be worth watching. Well, it sounds really interesting. Yeah, and I guess it's like based on a true story, right? Like, that's, mm -hmm. that's fascinating. I think that kind of sums it up, hey, for the major stuff. I think so. I think so. I can't wait till there's, like, the, the talk of, like, you know, which movies were snubbed and whatever. And, like, I mean, it's nice that Black Panther got a Best Picture nomination. Let's talk about that for just a second. 
Go ahead. Um, I think it's great. Like, I really do. Because I think it's... There comes a point where, like, those films need to be recognized as films mm -hmm. and not just, like, popcorn flicks. Yeah. That's why I was a bit insulted when they considered doing a category called Best Popular Film. Mm-hmm. Because that's bullshit. If it's popular, that means it's successful. But that and but it also sort of speaks to like the academy's sort of knowledge that like the things that they celebrate aren't popular. Yeah, for sure. Right, and and that there there is that like disconnect between um, what people pay money to go and watch and what people like where sort of like the the artistic or their idea of the artistic merit lies well yeah exactly like think about moonlight right mm -hmm. that was an indie film let's see what this says um budget looks like less than Reportedly cost as little as $1.5 million to make. And on track for $40 million worldwide. Yeah, that's pretty significant. Which is different because Hidden Figures made $152 million. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't know where you feel about which of those films was better. I think Moonlight was better. I think Moonlight was a better film, but I think that Hidden Figures told a story in a way that was like an achievement in. Yeah, but yeah, like, and I, I think I think Hidden Figures told the story in a way that like told its story in a way that was a little bit more accessible for people. Yes. And, oh, a hundred. It's a family film. Right. Moonlight is Whereas not. Moonlight is definitely not. So I'm the one that I'm thinking of. The example that I'm thinking of is when American Sniper was nominated for Best Picture in 2014. Or 2015 mm -hmm. or whatever year that was. Um, and I remember reading something that its budget was like more than the budget of every other Best Picture nominee that year. Oh, I'm sure it was. So here's the movies that were in there. There was American Sniper. There was Boyhood. The Grand Budapest Hotel. The Imitation Game. Selma. Yep. Theory yep. of Everything. And Whiplash. Yeah, so American Sniper's budget Birdman. was $58 million. Yeah. The one that I think might have had the biggest budget um, was... Oh, fuck. What's wrong with my brain? Can you relist them again? Um, Birdman, Boyhood, Grand Budapest Hotel, Imitation Game, Selma, Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. Yeah, Selma, I was thinking, might have a larger budget. Yeah. It had a budget of $20 million. But yeah, like, there was, and, and, and so, like, I, I get, you know, that idea of, like, popular film, but, like, if it's a good film, it'll stand on its own merit, mm -hmm. whether it's popular or not. Yeah, and that's why I think the concept of, like, how much a studio can spend on advertising for a film mm -hmm. and campaigning for a like in the trades of like consider for absolutely yada 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 so we know harvey weinstein was notorious for bullying people into potentially voting for his films yeah well i'm just looking at some of the uh, like recently like 2016 and even 2017 right like um 
when The Shape of Water won. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was fine. I don't know. I, I, I've seen it since... I didn't see it. I hadn't seen it before the Oscars, but I saw it and I was like, yeah, it's fine. Didn't love it. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my God. My dog is on Chris's leather recliner. Yeah. <laughs> He's chewing on a bully stick. And he just angled the bully stick into the corner of the <laughs> couch <laughs> where the button to recline is. Uh. <laughs> he just like froze. <laughs> Shock as the legs moved out. Oh my god, that was amazing. I'm sorry, I'm crying now. No, it's all good. All good. But yeah, it's just funny like looking at some of the, the list and like when we go back, yeah, like like you said to crash, right? And like mm. we'll probably never be over that one. Yeah. Because it was... Yeah. It was fine, again. But not <laughs> oh my god, he just closed it. Oh my god. Oh my god, he's just closed it. He's become sentient, Megan. Oh my god. You mean your dog wasn't sentient before? <laughs> not like this. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, Kelsey's Sorry. dead. Oh my god. This is the shortest podcast <laughs> we're ever gonna do. Um... Continue. I'm so sorry. No, it's all good. No, I'm just yeah. I'm just looking at like looking at at, at films here, like The King's Speech, for example, one in 2010. Let's talk about that for a minute. <laughs> that it, is like the most Oscar baity movie that's ever Oscar baited. Oh, absolutely. So uh, up against The King's Speech that year for Best Picture, we have, and I can actually talk about because I've seen every single one of these movies. Um, 127 hours, Black Swan. The Fighter, Inception, Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. Kids Are Alright, The Social Network, Toy Story 3, True Grit, and Winter's Bone. Wow, what a year. And The King's Speech (laughs) somehow was the best picture of the year. Yeah, that's... That's not even, like, the top five best pictures on that list. No. So it's very much an exercise in, like, you know, how... Yeah, like how much they spend on whatever. On advertising yeah. and, and that kind of thing. Um, but Which yeah, I like, think I think is going to be improved by how much more diverse the uh, voters are. Because they've added a ton of voters into the Academy. And I think that's important because I think a lot of those films would be films that white men would see yes and now you've got a whole bunch of different types of films yes that a more diverse um audience would go to and i think we're seeing that reflected more am i upset that there's no female director nominee yes Mm -hmm. but what are you gonna do but like I'm, i'm looking here this is just like the wikipedia list right and in like 2012 when argo won like, it was a good movie. It was well done. But it's it not... It was the, a good, like, thriller. It's not the best film of the year. Oh, my God, no. Like, I mean, it's this is a week... That I feel like these are weak nominees that year. Because there's Argo. There's uh, a movie called Amour, which I have not seen. But then there's Beasts of the Southern Wild, which was absolutely fucking phenomenal. Have you seen that? Um... No. It is so I haven't. goddamn good. When I saw it, I was like, man, if this movie doesn't win, like, all of the awards, I'm quitting movies forever. I haven't quit mm-hmm. movies forever, but, like, it was so good. <laughs> um, Django Unchained, 
uh, Les Miserables, which eh, was not great in the grand scheme of things. Uh, Life of Pi, Lincoln, Silver Linings Playbook, and Zero Dark Thirty. It's like a weak year, for sure. And somehow, Argo was not the best movie on that list. Still won. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I have no idea what's gonna happen. I love Black Klansman. As we know, we talked about that. I love Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Vice was, like, fucking great. For what it was trying to do. Yeah, it just really depressed me. Well, of course. I think it's kind of meant to. And I haven't seen the other ones, so we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I feel like now I'm motivated to see some more of them. Yeah, and, like, check out what they're about and sort of see... Sort of see what's up. Um, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Are you caught up with Outlander? Megan, I'm not. Are you I haven't up? watched any. Kelsey. I know. You promised. I'm so sorry. I did. But then you got me started watching The Last Kingdom. Hey, none of that is my fault. Oh. So we can talk about The Last Kingdom if you want. Okay, I'm only like seven episodes into season one now because they're fine. so long. That's fine. Okay, I have a number of thoughts. Okay, let's hear them. My first thought is... What are his actual allegiances? Because I don't understand them. So, what do you mean? Well, he's, like, he's playing both sides. Of course. But I really don't know what he wants in the end. He wants his, he wants his place back. He wants Badenburg back? Yeah, he wants his property. That's really but all I don't he understand wants. why the English. He hates the English. Yeah, but that's like I mean, the book I think does a better job of dealing with it because you know in the I think it's in the, yeah it's in the first episode where he's like a child right and then yeah. he like dunks into the water and comes up as an adult, which is like the most incredible way of showing the passage of time, mm-hmm. because like, you don't have to see him growing up or doing anything. It's just all of a sudden boom done, and I thought that was brilliant. Um, but I feel like, I feel like the thing that, that the, the show glosses over a little bit is sort of some of his, as like some of that adolescent sort of angst and the things that he's a little bit, um, torn about, mm-hmm. um, which is why he wants, he wants, he just wants that home back. Cause that's the only home that he's ever known ultimately. And that's... But didn't he consider... Um, Ragnar's home his home? Yeah, but he's he still refers to himself as, like, of Bebenburg, right? Like, that's the whole point. Yeah, I guess so. And that's who he... And, and they, we we've kind of forget that, like, that tie to the land is such an important thing. Yeah, for that society. Yeah, that's like, true. it's not that important necessarily for us, but it's super important in that culture. And so he... De- and it's because if you're a man without land, like, what do you have? Mm-hmm. Right? And right, so he's, right, right. he's fighting to get that land back. And so everything... But does that matter to the Danes? No. As much? No. no. Not in the same way, because they're all about pillaging and whatever. Um, I really like the stuff with the Danes in the first that first season. I think it's great. It's really fascinating to see their value system 
play out because he's able to convince the Danes not to fight because to them it in war it seems like the worst thing that could happen is them losing men yes and like how crucial that is not only to obviously their chances of success but also just to the demeanor of the fighters themselves like as soon as they lose people you can see that they are worried and not these like fearless warriors that they were before no and and i think that just sort of speaks to like that limited i guess available resource of men right like Mm -hmm. they don't have a lot available to them and so when when someone dies and especially because of like and i think the show does a pretty good job of dealing with like battle formations and stuff yes you know when you when someone dies like in the shield wall then all of a sudden you have to like you know figure out how to compensate for that without giving up any ground right and and so like it's it's all part of that whole like that like battle ethos that they that they live Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's really interesting to me how different the danish culture is from like the saxon culture Mm-hmm. And just in, like, what they wear and the tattoos and, like, all that kind of stuff, which I think is just super cool. Well, like, Ruda, he brings, when she's with him, eventually she isn't, but when she is brought with him to all the meetings with the English and she speaks, all of the English people are like, um, quiet, your woman. And she's like, uh, I fucking speak for myself, thank you, and my face is right here. Yeah. Like... <laughs> It's so very reminiscent that bit of like of of Wonder Woman, right? When like Absolutely, Diana yeah. walks into that room and everyone's like, "What the fuck is she doing here?" And she's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna tell you this thing that you need to know because mm-hmm. um, I'm smart and I know it, and you yeah. need to fucking listen, and regardless of whether I have I can, breasts." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like yeah, she's a great character too in this show. Like she is absolutely wonderful because she's very strong-willed. Oh, absolutely. Um. And what I really, what I find really interesting too, and like, it feels like it's this giant, like this giant landscape, but it's really not. It's very like small where it actually takes place. Yeah. And everybody knows each other and everybody like, they know, you know, like they know who to look for and, and whatnot. And like, you can, if your, if your battle comes to a draw, ultimately you'll get him back at some point because you're gonna fight him again see him in five minutes because there's one fucking road out of this place (laughs) (laughs) but it's also really interesting too like as the seasons go on and as you kind of get through like i like what's his face who plays off and i can't remember his name um i think he's perfectly cast Mm -hmm. um and as the season like as the seasons go on um you i really start to dislike alfred I haven't really liked him from the start. Um, I, I like him more in I like him more in the the first season than I like him uh, later on, mm. um, for a whole bunch of reasons. But like he's just so perfectly cast. Like he's not he comes across like so meek in so yes. many ways. But he's but, so conniving. Yes, and I, it's it's fascinating to watch, and like it everybody is. is just stabbing everyone in the back. Mm-hmm. At all times, right? Which I think is one of the most interesting things about it. Because, like, you know, everybody is is trying to get their own way in some fashion or another. Absolutely. And through whatever means. Yes. And 
I find it really interesting because I'd never really considered the fact that like the time that we live in now is actually like the safest time ever. Oh yeah, and, in so many ways. And I didn't really like consider what that would be like for normal people. But this show really put it in my face. <laughs> I was just like, oh, um, the Danes were mad, so they slaughtered this whole village. <laughs> it's just like, oh, fuck. Those people aren't soldiers. They're just fucking sheep herders. Like, are you shitting me? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then, And then, like, you know, and, and there's this expectation that everybody knows how to, how to defend themselves. And, you know, like, everyone's got a fucking weapon on them. And at all times, like, it's very, it's very much that, like, that Wild West, like, what we conceive of as, like, that Wild yeah. West mentality. But it's not the Wild West. This is just, like, how people lived. Yeah, for sure. Oh my god, Richard Rankin is in season two? Yeah. Okay, I had a brainwave. Okay. This is related to Outlander, but unrelated to... It's tangential at best. Okay. Okay? Come on it. Richard Rankin looks exactly like the creator of Drunk History. A little bit. Put them next to each other. Yep. With the beards couldn't i don't know if i could tell him apart so derek derek something is richard rankin slash roger wakefield a time traveler oh fuck you megan (laughs) (laughs) don't even start don't even start um yes richard rankin is in season two it's true and I was also, like, pleasantly surprised. I was like, this guy who plays um, Bianca, I was like, who, why is this guy's voice so familiar? It's driving me nuts. And I was uh-huh. like, the name is familiar too? Fuck me sideways. It's freaking Squirrely Quirrell himself from Harry Potter 1. I couldn't believe it. Uh-huh. Couldn't believe it. Uh-huh. He's also very good in this show. He's phenomenal. And that's the other thing, too, that, like, when, when you look at that whole... And it gets it gets more in-depth as we go through the seasons, right? With, like, um, Uhtred's, like, dislike of of Christendom, mostly. Mm-hmm. Like, he hates... He, he hates the Christian way of doing things. Except that some of his closest allies are... Are that, yeah. Are, are in that, like, clergy structure, right? Um, but he, all, but he uses that to his advantage as well, right? And like Father Bianca is like b- basically his best friend. Yeah, and the only person who, well, he was supposed to go into a study of the cloth, right? Yes. So yes, obviously they were very close. But I found that so funny. I think I texted you and said like this show makes me hate religion so much. Oh yeah, because I think it was Abba who's like. He's at some village. He's got, like, some religious leader, essentially hostage, and they're, like, torturing him. And they're like, oh, if your god is so great, make him smite me right now. But then they're like, oh, I need to look at the scrying bones to see what the future is. And it's just like, come on! You can't say one is bullshit. And then have fucking bone stones... As your divining pathway, like come on. Oh, I know, and then and they take advantage of like, you know, they take advantage of of people's belief and like that sort of unwavering belief in whatever system it is. 
Yes. To like, you know, prove points. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was, I found that really interesting and in the books too, and the books I think do a better job of flushing it out, obviously, cause there's just more, but I find it really interesting, like how much influence Uhtred gets from religion mm-hmm. while being like very atheist anti-religious. Himself. Yeah. Well, I think for him, it lies in tradition. Like I think he, even though he was brought up by the Danes and in obviously tragic circumstances where they killed everyone and he was like essentially a slave for them but he sees a lot of their traditions as I don't want to say like familiar like security almost I don't know what it is yeah, like I think I think there's a, I don't know security but the familiarity for sure like familiarity yeah it's what he knows right and it's mm-hmm. it's the thing that he's like most comfortable with mm-hmm. ultimately which is funny because he was raised in the christian religion to be a religious leader mm-hmm. and yet totally rejects it now yeah but i mean he he takes the leader part very seriously yes just not the religion true. part very seriously yes although he makes fucking awful decisions oh, oh my god how old is he supposed to be um i think he's supposed i oh, i'm trying to remember I think when he's an adult in the first book, he's probably, he's, like, in his early 20s is kind of the, the idea. Because they keep calling him boy. And I'm like, well, he fucking looks like a man. Like, I don't know. Oh, does he? <laughs> I know you're into him, but I absolutely am not. That's fine. That's it is fine. Okay. It but, yeah, it's, fine. It, I think, I think it's good casting. I like his voice, too. Um, and I find, like, it's, because they've got, like, you know, Scandinavian actors and, Mm-hmm. And the, like a, just mostly a cast of Europeans with all yeah. these different accents, which I think is really cool too. And it kind of represents like those different parts of um, those different you know, like people that are that are part of this. Like later on, um, I can't remember when he shows up, but he's got like an Irish companion mm-hmm. whose accent. Oh, you is love the Irish! Just fucking delightful. But he's like you the only. There's a couple them. of. But there's like a couple of them, right? And then there's there's other guys like from like different bits of Scandinavia and like Central Europe and like and so you have all of these different mm-hmm. manners of speaking and it's just like that representation of like these cultures that are sort of all living in this tiny little this tiny 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 little sliver of land. Yeah, and just in constant conflict all the time. I'm really disappointed that Matthew McFadden wasn't in there for longer. Yeah, I'm really not like a him. huge, huge fan of him, but, like, yeah, he he was underutilized, mm-hmm. I think. But I do appreciate, I know you said how they tackle, like, two books a season. Yes. I do super appreciate that because it doesn't feel slow. It actually feels, like, quite fast. And you're like, well, tracking the passage of, the, of time mm-hmm. in the show can be quite difficult. Yeah, and, and I think, like, having read the books, too, what I think is really interesting is, like, how within the seasons, because they're doing kind of two at, at a time, they have the ability to, um, they have the as they happened in the book. Right. And put them into an order that maybe works better for television. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes those events are, like, glossed over in his narration a little bit as well. Like, it's not... Um, you don't necessarily get 
the full event, but you get enough of it in the narration that you're like, yeah, okay, that's cool. And I love right. the opening credits. Yeah, they're really beautiful. And I do love how for each of the locations you get the like old name and the new name. Yes. That's really neat, too. Yeah, it gives you a good sense of geography. Like, you feel like even if you don't know how much time has passed, you feel like you know where people are. Yeah, and, and it happens in the book as well. Like, in each book, there's a glossary, basically, of, of, of names. Um, and, like, they're old, like, the old and, and new version, so that you know what you're talking... Because, like, I can't remember all the time. Oh, no. For when sure. When I see some of them. And some of them are, like, so similar, and some of them are like, what? <laughs> Oh, we don't even use letters like that anymore to make those sounds. But okay, yeah. <laughs> I trust you. Yeah, and yeah, so it's been like, yeah, I, I'm enjoying it, and I'm excited that there's gonna be more. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's it's one of my favorite book series for sure, for sure. And when I found out that they were making it, I was like, yeah, 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 this is gonna be good. But I was also I had the same kind of trepidation that I had about like Outlander. In different ways, but just sort of like, oh, are they going to, you know, is it going to work out? Or are they going to do a good job of it? Right, for sure. And, and so I, far, I think they have. I can understand, like, why it hasn't been as big of, perhaps, a hit as BBC and Netflix wanted it to. Because I think everybody that's doing a, a series or a film of this ilk just really is standing in the shadow of how big Game of Thrones is. Mm-hmm. And even though that's pure fantasy and this is essentially historical fiction. Yes. I think it can be hard to make something successful when there's such an oversaturated market for that. Yeah. And it's funny too cuz like this is this stuff is set like if you to take away like the the fantasy elements of Game of Thrones, like this is the same shit. Yeah, it is. Well, I'd say it's less gratuitous. Yeah, I think, yeah, I more think, like, grounded the violence and whatever is a lot overall. more, it's a lot more, like, contextual. And, yeah, and, like, naturalistic, too. It's not just, like, heads going flying to make heads no. fly, even though people obviously did that. Um, later, I think there's, like, there is some stuff that happens later on that, like, you know, as, as, as the tension sort of ramps up. Some of that stuff gets a little bit more graphic, mm-hmm. but because it it becomes very personal in so many ways. Like I can't remember where I'm trying to think. I don't want to. You said you're in episode seven. I think so. I'm just looking at it right now. So like, has he already with uh, what like the blo- the Dane? What's the, is it? Ada? Is that his name? Abba? 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 Yeah. Has he already done the thing to him? done the thing to him. Yeah, well, I don't want to, like, say it. I mean, maybe he hasn't. I can't remember what episode that's in. Well, you tried just went into the territory and, like, killed the dude one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Is that Abba? Did he get his feet slashed? Mm, no. Oh, then no, that's not Abba. Oh. I don't know where I am, then. I'm sure it's on episode seven, but... Also, some of these names are just like, who the fuck is Scorpa? Maybe I'm not even there yet. Oh, you would know if you were at Scorpa. Okay, maybe I'm not that far. The episodes are quite long. Yeah, they're yeah, they're like a full hour, 
with no commercials. Yeah, I think awesome. the first one was a bit longer than that too. I was just like, Jesus, this is going on forever. Like I'm in it, but wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd recommend it so far. Yeah, I, I, and I think it gets better too. Like I mm-hmm. just, it's like from a personal standpoint, I definitely think it gets better as, as it goes. Is there a difference between season two and season three when Netflix takes over? I don't think so. I think it's no. pretty. That's good. It's pretty much the same. And like nobody oh, had to be recast to be and you know whatever. It's yeah, it's been good. It's been really really good. Yeah, if yeah, if you were at the Scorpa bit, you would know for sure for sure. Okay. Sorry, I was peeing my dog. But I also still like I like too how I'm just looking at like the episode structure like it's 3 seasons and it's 26 episodes. Yeah, so so good. Like I can't I cannot say how much I appreciate the short episodes cuz if I based on everything I've had to absorb by now I think in five episodes, maybe. God, if there was like ten more to go, oh for sure, I would give up. Like, there's just way too much happening for it to be any longer than eight episodes a season. Like, yeah, the, like the third one gets ten, and there's just a little bit more stuff they need to do with out of those books, mm-hmm. and so like that makes sense to me. Um, but it's still only ten. It's not 12 or 14 or whatever. Right. Which I think makes a big, makes a big difference. Um, Also, the original King's son, the original English King, fuck him, man. Yep. God, he's such a piece of shit. Yep. Uh, And, like, at the start, I was like, I don't know if I understand his father's resentment towards him and, like, how terrible he treats him, but now I'm just like... He's a piece of shit. Yep. Ugh. Oh, Does yeah. he die? Please tell me he dies. Uh, I think so. For sure. Yeah, Abba is the one that, the episode, maybe you haven't, yeah, you haven't even maybe seen that bit. I think I'm only on... Maybe four? Five. No, I'm on five? five. I'm sure, yeah, because I see him kill Oswald, the steward of his estate. Yeah, okay. So you saw him kill Abba when he like yeah. slashes his one like on one. well yeah and when he and he slashes oh his yes Achilles. yes 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 sorry like, sorry sorry that was one of the grossest things I think I've ever seen on screen yeah it was really it was a gross like <sighs> but it was also I was just like holy fuck it was so very satisfying goddamn smart yeah like so satisfying oh, and you very really much. get to see like how maybe how much the English are like actually underrating how much they need him mm-hmm. because when he's with the danes you don't see him fight at all you just see ragnar and the whole tragedy around that and then he's on the run you don't really get to see him yes prove himself except for in that moment yes. and then of course fucking Ade the young takes credit for that shit oh yep oh, see i'm in it megan I'm i know it's it. good it's so so good i really really like it um yeah, I, f- I find it wonderful. Like, it's so fun to watch. It is, and it's really different than, like, I do love a period piece. I said it before. I'll say yeah. it again. And this one's... A different kind of very period different. piece. Yeah. Because you look at it, and you're like, is this, like, the Pillars of the Earth? You know, it's kind of that 
same vibe, same feel, just the aesthetic of it. Yeah. And then yeah. you're like, oh no. Oh no, 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 no. Did you read The Pillars of the Earth or did you just watch I it? I did. I, I loved, like, the miniseries. I thought it was great. But, like, I was thinking, I'm just thinking about, like, the length of these books and how much, how well they're pulling it together in, like, four episodes. But, like, Pillars of the Earth is such a giant book and it was only, what, like, eight episodes long? Yeah. But it was still just, like, they could have cut three characters out of that thing. Oh, for sure. Oh, my dog's at the door again. Hold on. <laughs> But yeah. Well, I'm glad you're watching it. Yeah, I really like it. I want to keep watching it. I'm going to um, download but, some apps onto my tablet for our flight. But I also want you to watch The Outlander. I know. I'm so sorry. Legit. I think I did like all my chores and shit that I needed to do today. Tomorrow I'm just gonna fucking bang them out. Is there three that I'm missing or four? Uh, three for sure, maybe four. When's the last time you watched? I don't know. Like in December? No. Oh. I watched in January for sure. Then I think there's only three. I think there's one three. left. Yeah. There's one left. Yeah, I think there's only three. I'm gonna bang them out, okay. and then the next time we record, we can watch. We can talk about the whole rest of the season then. Yes. Okay. Deal. So let's talk about your trip. Um, okay. I want to know, like, what kind of plans you have. Not much so far. Um, we've, so I turned 30 on Saturday. And my husband's taking me to New York to see Hamilton, which I'm very excited about. And I didn't know about this. He presented to me at Christmas as a combo Christmas and birthday present. Well, that's nice. Which is excellent. And, um... We fly out Friday morning, and we're back Monday night. And um, so far, I'm kind of trying to check off boxes that I didn't get to do last time. Because last time I was there for even less time. I was there yeah. for like 48 hours. So this time I want to make sure that I go to the Strand. Yes. I want to, And it's close by us, I think, where we're staying. And I want to make sure that I go to MoMA, because I didn't do that last time. Start on the fifth floor, and then work okay. your way down. Excellent. Hot tip. Thank you. You're fifth... going to have to remind me again, because I will forget. Because the fifth floor is where, like, the Van Gogh is. Oh, he's my favorite. Yeah, and then and where, like, the water lilies and shit are, and then as you work your way down, then it's like, I don't even, there's a shovel hanging from the ceiling. Okay, gotcha. Start so, with the classics. Yeah. Okay, hot tip. Thank you. Um, and then I want to go to Top of the Rock because we didn't do that last time either. Oh. My husband really wants to go back to Canal Street to buy, as I like to think of it, junk. And I said, mm, you do that on Saturday morning, my dude. I'm going to be at MoMA. See you for dinner. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> See you for dinner before Hamilton. Uh-huh. So we've got dinner reservations at... Um, a theater at a restaurant close by to the theater that does like a, a theater menu. Oh, cool. Okay. So it's like a three course meal that's price fixed, which is nice. Yeah. And it's also, and it's good too, because they time it so that like you'll You're get out there. there. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to be really good. And that's kind of it so far. But yeah, we've only got two like full days yeah. there. So my recommendation for going to the Strand mm -hmm. is obviously to go, because it's great. But go to the old books room. 
Yeah, um, that's pretty cool. Upstairs. But also, like, give yourself a legitimate time limit. Okay. And stick to it. Got it. Because, like, and this is, like, this 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 goes against, like, everything, everything. I believe <laughs> about buying books and things. Um, yeah. But, like, yeah, we had about an hour to spend there. And it was good because it made me, like, make some decisions and, you know, not spend all of my time just, like, wandering. Um, Because you could get lost in there so easily and just spend forever and ever. I'm on their website and they have this service called Books by the Foot. Do you know about this? Uh, yeah. This is insane. They charge per foot to essentially design your library. And you can do it by color, which is like Ugh, I spit I on you. Like, what? That's insane. By style? What does yeah. that even mean? I guess by style of... Oh, like catalogs or Yeah, or, or, or like it says here, like antique leather-bound books or, you know, things like that. Yeah, history, blah, picture books, whatever. Yeah. By subject? Well, how is that different then? I don't know. Oh, it's like overlap. Oh, no, that's what I did already. Style. No, they're the same. What the fuck? This is wild. That's so expensive. Yeah. $350 per foot for rainbow books? What? Good lord. People who have money, I don't understand. Right? I know. I was thinking kind of the same thing. Um, But it would be kind of cool to have that kind of money to be able to do that. (laughs) Like, I don't know if that's the thing that I would do. Let's be honest. Probably not. But, like, you know. I think what would happen is I would be like, oh, I want, you know, blue. And then I'd put it in and I'd be like, fuck, I hate it. I should have said green. And then you'd be like, I spent all this money. Yeah. I don't know. I'm very excited to just go look at all the gifts because you got me such cool gifts from there. Yeah, it's that part is really neat. Like that's all downstairs when you walk in. Like and mm-hmm. there's like there's books on the main floor too, but like all that stuff is downstairs. Which is kinda nice. That it's all in one spot. And they've just got like magnets galore. Just so many magnets. Oh, you love magnets. Which are the best. I bought like three there, I think. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm super excited that you get to go and I'm excited that you get to see Hamilton. Oh god. I'm yeah, I'm I'm not listening to it beforehand. I'm just like trying to go in so so fresh and so ready. Yeah. I've got my outfit for the theater picked out. Oh, perfect. Cuz it's also my birthday. Yeah. Oh, you're going so like a, on your birthday, yeah, I guess. Yeah. On my birthday, Saturday the 26th. Amazing. 30. So I know Chris cool. said he had to like go on the wait list in like August. <laughs> tickets yeah i was just like shit so super appreciative that's for sure yeah that's fantastic so yeah i'll tell you all about that when i come back and then we can just gush about hamilton because you've seen it and i haven't i have i have seen it it was very good i liked it a lot how many times did you cry i think maybe only twice philip and then at the end um, I don't even think I cried at the end. No, I didn't cry at the end. Okay. Burn? 
Yeah, no, not burn. Mm. It's quiet uptown, like fucking Slade me. Oh God. Oh, I don't usually listen to the second half of the soundtrack because that's where all the tears are. Yeah. So it's gonna be rough. Yeah. No, it was good, and I remember thinking, like, for me, and I don't know, and I think Reva had kind of the same thought. Was like, it was the first time that I'd ever seen a musical. Um, that I knew really well, like, before I saw it. Mm-hmm. Right? Because most of the other stuff that I'd seen, like, when I was younger, like, I, we'd go see it, and then I'd get the soundtrack afterwards, right? This one I, I had before, and I knew it very well, and it didn't, even knowing all the songs and knowing, it didn't matter. Like, it didn't affect my enjoyment of it one iota. Oh, God. That makes me so happy. Which I still I- am, like, it pains me a teensy 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 bit to know that like it's not the original cast and it's gonna be different voices and they're gonna sound different and to me that's just like oh how can you how can you do that to perfection but but like i i don't and i don't know who's you know who's who who that we saw is still in or whatever but like the guy that was um lafayette and uh what's his fucking name Jefferson. I was like, who mm-hmm. does he play in the other half? Was so good. Like, he was just phenomenal. He had so Excellent. much personality. And he had, like, you know, I don't know if his voice was as maybe distinctive, right, or whatever, but he had just so much personality on that stage. And the guy that played Burr was, it was the, we got, like, the understudy for Burr that night. And he was phenomenal. Oh, really? Yeah, like, it was so, so, so good. I'm going to see. I'm looking at the cast right now. Daniel Breaker is the lead for Aaron Burr. Do they have standby? Gregory Treco? Was he a lighter skinned guy? Uh, yes. Yeah, that might have been him. Yeah, I'm looking so much forward to it. Oh, Manda Gonzalez is Angelica. Okay. Yeah gonna be excellent yeah i'm I'm trying to remember who yeah we had like we had that we had the understudies for the most part and they were like it was so good like they were so 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 good that's awesome yeah yeah i'm so excited i'm almost like to that point where it's just like it's nothingness to me because i'm just like anticipating it so much that it's like it's gone over the top of the possible excitement for anticipation that is just like I'm dead inside. Yes, yes. You know? No, I get that. I understand. But it'll be so fun and you're going to love it. Yeah. It's going to be really, really great. Very excited. Good job, Chris. Fucking dunked on it. Dunked on it. Absolutely he did. Um, And then you get some time in New York and uh, hopefully the weather's not like super garbage. No, it kind of looks like it'll be the same as it is here right now. Okay. Because I know it's been cold. Yeah, it's going to warm up, it said. Okay. I'm double checking right now. Friday 2, Saturday 0, Sunday 6. So that's fine. Oh, that's not so bad then. That might be cold to them, but... Yeah, well, they just got a bunch of snow, I think, too, so... Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. Well, that's exciting and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything else? No, that's literally it. We've okay. been recording for a long time. <laughs> um, like an hour. What do you got? I got what really got? nothing. Okay. 
Um, I'm just trying to think. There was something I was going to mention to you, but I forget what it is. It doesn't matter. Oh, um, it's exam time right now at work. Mm-hmm. And for all of my teacher friends who are not high school teachers, I'm sorry. Because this is the absolute best time of the year. It is. It's. I rolled in at like so 10 to 9 this morning. And, oh. and felt no pressure whatsoever. Love it. I did stay a little bit late to finish up some stuff just to get it done and out of the way so that I was like done it all for tomorrow. Because mm-hmm. um, I told my kids that I was like, yeah, I'll put your marks on my door like on Tuesday. And then a couple of them came by like, are our marks up yet? And I was like, they sure aren't. Um, That's a big N-O, my dude. Yeah, and I was like, I'll do that. I was like, I can tell you right now what it is. I just need to print it out. So I printed all my marks out and put them up on the door. So then that way they come by. Um, but I rolled in at like 10 to 9 and I went upstairs to my classroom and had a cup of coffee and whatever, dropped some stuff off and had to go put my lunch in the fridge. So I walked down the hallway to our department office and... You know, put the key in the door and open. And like, when I got in there, there was like seven of the dudes that I work with were just like hanging out on the couches in there. Uh, and the conversation stopped when I walked in because <laughs> I don't oh, know. No. I have no idea what they were talking about. And like the way the door opens, you can't see. That's true. Just the just the way that that door opens, you can't see from where they're sitting. Like who's coming in until the person like comes around the door. Um, but um and they still stopped after well they, they stopped and then then they realized it was me so they they carried on talking mm. but it was funny it was the first time in a really long time that i've like noticed that i work with all dudes that i was acutely reminded of it mm. and i was like oh yeah right that's a thing and then we <sighs> spent like an hour coming up with uh new new walkout music for our darts tournament so you know <laughs> it was a real productive day today that seriously is so funny to me. Yeah, like I did an hour's worth of work in six and a half hours today. It was great. Well, you know, it's a government job, Megan. <laughs> it is a government job. So I've just... worked for the government in a few different ways, and that is the norm. Um. So I don't have anything else, and if you don't have anything else, and we didn't get any questions. Um, oh, my gosh. What do we even do? I think that's it. Okay. Like, I just watched the Oilers get scored on somehow. In a... Because <laughs> they're so bad. Um, I just got distracted by that. Um, but yeah, I don't have anything, and you don't have anything. So you're going to New York on the weekend. I don't know when we're going to post this. It's going to take me more than tonight, obviously, just because I got to figure out yeah. how to do some sound engineering stuff and cut out some, like, white noise and stuff from each of our tracks. Um, but it should sound better and be easier to listen to. Because I know people have said, like, when we do the ones on the phone. Oh, it sucks. It's, it sucks it's hard to listen to in the time. car, especially. Yeah. Uh, that's where the biggest problem lies. So this, it should be able to, like, balance it out and whatever. Um, so but I we're trying. That. Okay, like, it's the first one. Just, just be nice. Yeah, like, by the time we're done with this, we should be able to, like, you know, figure it out. No problem. Well... Um, so I don't have anything else and you don't have anything else. Uh, by the time we talk next, we will hopefully both have watched the last episode of Outlander. <laughs> yes. I promise. That was I a promise not, I that will was, be got up. That was I a know very I lied last passive time. aggressive dig. I apologize. <laughs> I know that I lied last time, but this time I promise. <laughs> um, and then we can talk about that and maybe our hopes for a season five, if there is one. I think there is supposed to be one. Um, mm-hmm. And I have some thoughts about this most recent episode, um, and so I'd really like to, I'd like to pick your brain on that before we end up talking about, like, 
how the season wrapped up. Okay. It for sure might just be an hour talking about Outlander next time. It's true. Um, and then, yeah, that's all we got. That's it. So thanks that's for uh, bearing with us in our rambling. Mm-hmm. Sorry that we didn't put this out earlier. <laughs> I apologize. Um, no, you you were busy with a, a real life, so I was I'm not very busy on the that. weekend, but so busy I did all of the marking that I needed to do, so that I don't have to do any over the next like week and a half. Woo woo! Yeah, it's pretty satisfying. Um, so we do appreciate that you listen. We really, honestly, do. I promise. And maybe we'll have some new t-shirt designs and stuff. I don't know. We got to sort that out. Yeah, it's coming along slowly, I think. But we're... We're getting there. It's coming from someone who also works, like, 60 hours a week. So, yeah, patience. Patience. Um, so, you can find us on the internet at... <laughs> Just, look Fire Podcast Just look on the internet. <laughs> Uh, you can find us uh, on the Twitter machine. I am at Meg14. Kelsey is at Garbage Fire Pod. Mm-hmm. Do we have a Instagram, Garbage Fire Podcast? And yeah. uh, did you talk about the Gmail? I did not talk about the Gmail. Garbage Fire Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> um, I listened. Yeah. <laughs> and let us know when you do listen. It would, we would like some feedback, actually, on, like, the sound quality and stuff. Because this is, like, legitimately the first time that we have, like put tracks together this way yeah so, so i'm please let us know yeah i'm very nervous that i will fuck it up very like very 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 nervous <laughs> <laughs> i mean if if you do i'll just play my half of the conversation <laughs> and we'll see what if people can fill it in <laughs> oh just the lost just I, the lost track i feel like that would be like, maybe about four or five minutes. That would be just absolutely hilarious. Oh, my God. Make sure you save yours, like, separately, and then we'll we'll release it one day. Just, just in like, case. Just hold on to it. Just hold just on like to it. Just, like, a little it. blooper. So when we finally do get Taylor Hall on the podcast, that'll be, oh, like, our, yes. that'll be our last show before the Taylor Hall show. Like... <laughs> No, it's all good. I just said that, like, it'll be funny um, <laughs> when we finally get Taylor Hall on the podcast. We'll, like, play We'll play all of these, like, <laughs> things that we've recorded. So you recorded. can just have there a conversation with yourself? Things that we've recorded that, like, we've kept. <laughs> Isn't um, that what that this is? That hasn't actually already been aired, but, like, something. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll save these two tracks separately uh, so well, we can yeah, play, like, true. the half of the conversation. <laughs> and then record over it because you could just do that and play it back. Ooh, I'm so smart. Um, Excellent. And how many more minutes do we yes. have on your disc space for talking about Taylor Hall? I, more or less. I was going to say, like, that's kind of what I do in my job. So, because I'm not sure that anyone ever listens. Um, but that's all we have for this week. We still managed to ramble another seven okay. minutes after we realized that we had nothing so left to talk about. Those. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks for... <laughs> Um, we have 26 hours and 27 minutes, only because I, I have, like, ooh, probably, I want to say about 300 gigabytes of photos on here. So, yeah. Uh, no, I will put them Excellent. on an external Love hard it. drive. Thank you very much. <laughs> I worked real hard for some of those pictures, my friend. <laughs> Is there anything better? I don't know. Um, but yeah, so once I take those, oh, once God. I take yes. all the 2018 Next photos off of my it. computer, which is a plan for like this coming week, 
Uh, I will. I'll let you know how much, we'll how many minutes we can talk about Taylor Hall. But as it stands right now, it's literally over a day. Um, we can talk about like Chris Pine maybe for a while. Yes. Okay. Sounds good. Um, as always, thank you so much for listening. <laughs>